It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jada, Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across new and pre-owned petrol, diesel, LPG, plug-in hybrid and electric Renault, Dacia and Opel range. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to Late Lunch on the day after the day before. Just want to begin the show by saying uh, an enormous thank you to everybody who was in touch with me yesterday with wonderful uh, birthday wishes. I really did feel the love and I never, I never did. I probably never will do a show like yesterday. Our Louise just played a blinder and I thank her from my heart. It was just great to talk to so many friends on a very special day. And I went home yesterday evening and the surprises continued. There was a party in the house, etc, etc. So uh, thanks again to my family and my sister, Katrina and everybody else who organised that surprise for me. Anyway, it's back to normal for sure today on Late Lunch and my scripts, I will be using them all today, I have to say. Anyway, we've lots to chat over the next couple of hours, but I begin today and I put this to you folks this afternoon. In March 2020 or just before it, if you'd said Luke O'Neill, Luke who I'm sure would have been uh, the response in general, but today he's the best known voice and face when it comes to reason, logic and calm in the face of the Covid pandemic and he's appearing at the wonderful Hinterland Festival in Kells this weekend and ahead of that I'm delighted to say hello to immunologist and Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College Luke O'Neill. Hello Luke. Hello Jerry. how's it going? It's going really well and I thank you for joining us. I was just thinking here, fame by accident, how does it sit with you? You've been pulled all over the place. It's startling stuff. I'm a scientist. I'm happy in a lab, Gary, keep my head down, you know. So so suddenly this uh, over the course of COVID, not just myself, as many of us, the great Paul Moyne. Yeah. I know you talk to Gary. There's a few of us now that were, were reasonably well known. I guess it's, it's, it's a consequence of COVID-19, let's face it. Gerry, I'm looking forward to going back into my lab once this virus has gone away. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Luke, 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 don't we we'll miss you. We really <laughs> will miss you. You're fantastic. But look, it must be difficult. You know, you're on radio, television, you're writing, you're advising. The lab work, the, is it difficult to get all the all that in? And is there enough hours in the day? It was very intense, Jerry. Yeah, I mean, I was working 12, 14, 16 hour days at the height of this, obviously, you know, because my main passion is my own lab, of course, and my team and, and the research we're doing. I had I had done some radio stuff before with Pat Kenny mm. on News Talk, so I was kind of used to a little bit, you know. Mm. I guess what, what filled the gap there, was I, before COVID, Jerry, I'd be traveling a fair bit to conferences yeah. I'd be in the US. That went away. So the kind of the media stuff kind of, uh, I guess, uh, filled the gap there for a while. But it was it was extremely busy, as you know. And, mm. and by the mm. way, myself and Paul and colleagues, we were, we were honored and, and privileged to do it because there was such an appetite, wasn't there? And people wanted to yes. know what was going on. 
we're immunologists, it, it was our time to really sort of give our information to people in a mm. sense. So I, I saw it as part of our job, really, you know. Definitely, you've been the calm and the storm. I do say that to all of you. Well done. You know now being out and about and being recognised, do people stop you? Do you ever get jipped from anybody or they all say, thumbs up, good man, Luke? They do. A good Pat Kenny gave me a trick, Jerry. Keep your eyes down when you're walking on the street. You, know, you, know, you, you might catch somebody's eye. Oh, listen, it's 95% positive, Jerry, mm. to be honest. People say, yeah. oh, thanks very much. Keep up the go to work kind of thing. You know, you do get the odd person shouting at you. I think it's like, it reminds me of being in primary school in the playground. Some fellow would shout at you across the playground kind of thing. You know, so just keep walking and try to avoid it in a sense. But, but it's va- vastly... Uh, in favour of being positive and good responses. Ah, that's really good to hear. Now, look, come back to this uh, pandemic for a moment. And I have to say, in my lifetime, and I reached a significant age yesterday, I never thought I would live through what we've all had to endure over the last 18 months or more, and it is continuing. Did you, as a scientist and your teams and in general around the world, did you expect to see this in your lifetime? No. no. Well, I mean, I I would be going to conferences 10, 15, 20 years ago. And you'd meet virologists and people saying, oh, there's a pandemic coming. And you'd say, no, you can't be for real, you know. And if one did start, surely we've got the technology and the, the wit to get rid of it quickly, you know. So we never imagined a global pandemic in the way we've seen in many ways. Jerry. So it's a surprise to, to all of us. Our initial hope back in January, February, when I first came across coronavirus, as well, was like SARS. And that was the previous one, you know, because mm. SARS could be put out very quickly because it was spread by people with symptoms, you see. And if it's symptoms, you stay home. And then it went away, basically. This one was different. It, it was people without symptoms spreading it. Mm. So again, very difficult to contain. And then very rapidly then, we see a whole sort of spread all over. Imagine, well, guess me, Jerry, it began with a single person being infected in China from a bat. Can you believe it? Mm. And then from that single person, the whole world is in turmoil, isn't it? So I must admit, we never imagined it to be as bad as it was, really. Mm. You mentioned the bat. Do you concur with that animal to human, the lab escape thing? No. Well, we don't know. I mean, it, it could have been a bat in the lab. You never know. Mm. And there might have been an accident, you see. And, we, and there was a lab in Wuhan, which, as you remember, was the place that all kicked off. There was a lab working on coronaviruses in bats in Wuhan. Now, of course, you can put two and two together and get four, and it might be right, you know. The two options are a lab accident, uh, someone dropping a test tube, as it were, you know, mm. or in the wild. And we still can't really say which it is, to be honest. We still haven't found what's called the intermediate species. So it probably jumped from a bat into another species. And you may remember, Jerry, the pangolin was mentioned as one yes. possibility, and then into humans. We still don't know what an intermediate species was, and until we pin that down, we can't be really sure, it must be said. You know when you're out for a pint with the lads, which I will be this evening, and you know the Irish thing, oh, woe ye, woe ye, this is only the start of it, you ain't seen nothing yet, there's another one coming down the tracks, and you, it'll be this'll be nothing compared to it. How do you answer something like that? I'm sure you've heard this yourself. Well, I'm sure some of your friends are glass half empty. Are they sure? <laughs> 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 they are, Luke. They are. Thanks. You know, I, I, now you see, I, you're probably like me. Like, hang out, hang out with positive people. <laughs> good message. Um, when you got to reassure people and go, look, let's hope not. You know, I mean, it was a rare event. Let's face it, mm. and it, we can't predict the chances of it happening again. If it was a lab leak, by the way, Jerry, that wouldn't be a bad thing because mm. that means it's unlikely to happen again, really. Because you know, if it's in the wild, maybe we will pick up something in the wild. But overall, I try to say, don't be worrying. You know, let's get over this one first. Yes, yes. And then let's, let's carry on regardless. 
Oh, no, listen, you are that type of person. I am myself. I always look on the bright side, try to anyway, and, and look at the positive outlook. And, and you know, I, I, Paul is a regular, your good friend, Paul Moyne, with us each week here on the show, and has been. I only thought I'd have him for a few weeks from March last year, and he's with me almost every week as well. But look, at Paul has said this, and I, I've, I've seen you writing about it recently. You feel that we're over the hump with this, that we have it within our grasp to, to live with this, control it. Oh, I do. Without uh, We couldn't have other lockdowns, Terry. That would mm. be a real disaster because, remember, lockdowns are a complete failure in many ways. They're so damaging. There's so many problems with them. You know, now, of course, the vaccines. That's why we, we can be a bit more confident now, in a sense, because the vaccines are working superbly well. We've got four of them, as you know. There's at least another three or four coming down the pipeline, by the way. So we have loads of vaccines that will protect us. And even if a new variant was to crop up that was a bit more malign, we can give booster shots, you see. So now we know what to do in the coming one, two, three years, in a sense. And, and we're all pretty confident that, that uh, we'll, we'll go what's called endemic. Mm. We won't get rid of it. It will crop up now and again, you know. Yes. Yeah. But, but it'll be a lot less severe because either people are vaccinated. The second thing, Jerry, to remember is there's good treatments in hospital now as well. That's got better too, you see. Mm. It, it was always a war on two fronts, you know, a vaccine and a therapy if you got the virus. And, and the therapies in hospital have improved. So if, you, if you're unlucky enough to end up in hospital, there's a much bigger chance of you surviving. So again, that means we shouldn't have to go back into lockdown. That would be unjustified, really. That's great to hear. Now, look, you're not new to writing books, and I know you have a much-anticipated new book coming in October, Keep Calm and Trust the Science, and we're looking forward to that. But in the past, of course, you've written uh, Humanology, the great Irish science book, and I love the name of the other one. Never mind the bleep, here's the science. Um, But the great Irish science book, that will be the uh, subject of what you'll be talking about in Kells this Sunday at Hinterland. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to come. I'm looking forward to it tremendously, Jerry. I, must, I was at Hinterland before, by the way. Miles Dungan asked me, I think it was probably three years ago. Mm. So I gave a talk about humanology. So I'm looking forward to coming back. It was a great time, I must say. I'm, giving, I'm doing two things. They're working me hard, Jerry. I'm giving one for school kids. And that's at half 12 on Sunday. And that's about the great Irish science book. That, that's a book aimed at 10 to 12 year olds. You know, I'm, I'm going to give a talk on that. And I'm going to do a couple of demos, how to build a volcano in your kitchen, for example. So that's something to look forward to. And then in the afternoon, then I'm doing Never Mind the Bollocks. I'm, I'm giving a talk on that. So you're getting two for the price of one here. <laughs> and I want to tell listeners, this is the great thing. And, and really, Luke, this is a sign of a return to normal life in that uh, they are in-person events. The capacity has even been increased again in recent days. And there are some tickets available to see Luke. And you can get them from hinterland.ie. That's hinterland.ie or at the bookmark market in Kells. Those tickets will be snapped up, so get cracking. And you can see and meet this man in person in Kells on Sunday. I was just looking because CAOs, you know, came out yesterday and we're actually talking to uh, a young student we've been following here on the show a little bit later on. She's got our points, etc. And interesting with you, you could have, may not have been talking to me in this capacity or any of us at all. You, you were going for medicine initially. I was, that's right. I had medicine down on my own. So all those donkey years ago, I had medicine down. And then can you believe I changed my mind? You know the change your mind form? So much to my mother's uh, great upset, I changed to science. Isn't that strange? I figured, oh, I'd prepare to be a scientist, really, was, was the motivation there. But you never know. I could, I could have ended up. And, and by the way, as you probably know, Jerry, I'm in medical research anyway. Yes. I'm not, I'm not, a, million, I'm not a million miles away from that. No, no, absolutely, absolutely related. Is it true when you got your leave and said results, results, you charged into the sea, clothes on and all in Bray? Is that true or false? That's true. That's absolutely <laughs> true. <laughs> the last exam... Me and a mate of mine, I'm from Bray County Wicklow, from Presbury. 
we walked down the seafront and I said, let's jump in. <laughs> so we just, in our full uniforms, we were so free that it was fantastic. You know, we were sick of wearing the same uniform day in, day out, as you may remember yeah. from school. And we jumped in and we swam and it was such a thrill. You know, so, so my advice was always, I've given a few talks to uh, leaving cert classes uh, this year and last year. I said, do something spectacular. Mm. At, on your last exam you'll always remember it I'll never forget it it was freezing cold of course but it's a big memory <laughs> now uh, Anne has been on to say Jerry, would you please ask Luke about his musical prowess and does he ever gig would it be any chance he'd be gigging in the North East at any time in the future what about that oh now that's my big hobby yeah we all have hobbies don't we and music was my my huge hobby over the years play the guitar sing a few songs and I've been in bands you know obviously as a a bit of an amateur, but we have a band called the Metabotics. We're, we're very happy with the word botics all the time. You pick it up just so, so we're called the Metabotics. And we've done, we've done loads of gigs. Pre, Pre-COVID, of course, we, we would be doing one or two gigs every month, you know, in pubs and places. So, so we're hoping to put the band back together. Great We stuff. might as well, you know. So, Anne, watch yeah. this space. Mr. Luke O'Neill and his colleagues in that wonderful band could be coming to your town or area soon, gigging in the very near future. Music is an outlet of yours. Anything else you do, you know, to get away from this and wind down well I hate to admit it I, I'm not I'm not into sport it's not a mm. shock and I'm like Paul I'm not into sport and I use that time to read and write I write the books I love writing I've got to be straight out of writing and anybody who writes it can be a wonderful kind of creative release you know so I love writing and I'm, I'm in the middle of writing a new book actually to be honest as well so, so I love to read and write and of course you can't beat a good uh, binge session on Netflix can you it's fantastic <laughs> but my favourite of course is Breaking Bad oh the baddest chemistry teacher ever. Remember that one? That was uh, yes, yes, absolutely. I thought you were going to say there that you love an out session in a pub. I'm sure you do too. Oh, I do. Oh, oh that's a standard. You know, that's, that's a key thing as well, absolutely. <laughs> Science, STEM subjects, and we've had this uh, running for a number of years, especially with girls. And you know what I'm going to get at here, that, you know, there's been a big push uh, to get more ladies involved in the science sphere. Do you see that uh, starting to take effect? We do, Jen. In fact, in immunology, my, my own specialty, it was often 60, 40 women and men, actually. Women mm. were drawn to immunology, even, even like 10, 20 years ago, interestingly, right. you know. Um, but so we've always had a fair bit of, you know, reasonable balance there, you know. But there's no doubt. I mean, we're seeing more and more women doing science, which is tremendous. And engineering is the other one, remember, because that was one that was really male oriented, you know. And we're seeing more and more women into it. And our new provost, as you may know. Uh, Linda Doyle is an engineer, isn't yes. that great? So, so we're going to see more and more of this, I think. Just before you go, one last question, and I, 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 I'm delighted I have the opportunity to ask you today. You know, I believe in science. I believe in vaccination. I say it again. Uh, I was vaccinated. Every I got all my vaccinations as a child, thanks to my parents, my children have, and now my grandchildren are as well. And I believe in science and what science has achieved for this world. Does it annoy you when you look at what I call the Trump brigade and the naysayers and the conspiracy theorists and anyone can drop anything nowadays and uh, put forward a theory? How do we get back to a world where truth uh, wins out and is believed well that that will be the key topic actually in my never the, the book never mind the bollocks is exactly about that point you're in mm. a sense you know mm. never mind all that rubbish look at science science is the most robust thing that we have in many ways and all we can do is describe the science to people and let, let people decide for themselves so if someone if someone decides that there is a bus on mars or whatever you know that's their business. Yeah. I would say show me the evidence. Let's use science to test that you see. So so all you can really do, Jerry, is speak up for science and give the evidence. Very important. I always try and say 
here's the evidence for this. And, and now you can decide yourself if it's correct. And the vaccines are a good example. The evidence was so compelling. Massive clinical trials. Now, it's been in 5 billion people, these vaccines, amazingly. You know, mm. you can't really argue with the science behind that, you know. And that's all you can do is, is say that and hope people will uh, will take it on board, really, you know. I look forward to the new book, Keep Calm and Trust the Science in October. And perhaps you might uh, give us a few minutes after the book is published as well. I'd love to have a chat with you again. Love to Jerry. Love to come on again. Thanks Luke, it's just great. And reminding everybody, he's in Kells, folks, this weekend. You can go and listen to this man. There's an event for children and for adults as well on Sunday. Hinterland.ie or the book market in Kells. Get your tickets. They're selling fast like hotcakes. Professor Luke O'Neill, it's been a pleasure. Great. Thanks very much, Jerry. You're all the best. Thank you for joining me on the show. Isn't he a wonderful guy? He's a tremendous man, like our own Paul Moyne as well. Wonderful, wonderful people who speak the truth and talk sense. They really do. Late lunch on LMFM Radio. First break of the afternoon. Back in a moment. Folks, do check out the Hinterland Festival. The range of guests and artists and talent they have is unprecedented. And it's an opportunity to get out and go and, you know, engage with people and with these uh, wonderful guests too. Just check it out, please. Hinterland.ie or the Book Market in Kells. And, uh, you know, there are so many great guests. Well done to everybody and the organisers there for putting this together. And there's greater capacity. They're taking more people and you can go and enjoy uh, this coming weekend. Starts Friday, Saturday and Sunday of the coming weekend. And we wish them all well there. Wonderful, wonderful people. Peter, hello, Peter. And Peter, I forgot to mention yesterday, you sent me birthday wishes and I know we disagree fundamentally and you're disagreeing fundamentally with me today with Luke on uh, with me here and I see what you're saying again and I thank you for your comments you don't believe the lab theory or the batter you believe it was made in America and transferred with the military games around the world anyway Peter look you're entitled to believe what you believe I believe differently and others do too but thanks for getting in touch on the show and thanks for the birthday wishes too Louise hello Hey, Jerry. You're still in a different I studio today, so... I still can't see her today. I'm a bit upset. <laughs> this You're better be off. To be <laughs> never, 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 never. Louise, uh, you being a sporting aficionado, you hardly watched the soccer, did you, last night? Glued no? to it. Were you? No. <laughs> <laughs> you devil, yeah. You got me all the way yesterday. You got me again today. I thought every minute I had a spark. Well, you do know... Do you remember this? Do you remember Maradona who died? Yes. The hand of God. He put mm-hmm. the ball into the English net. Do you remember that? Well, there's a new one now. It's the arse of Milenkovic. (laughs) The arse of Milenkovic happened at the Aviva last night. Milenkovic uh, put the ball into the net with his arse last night and Ireland got the 1-1 draw. So could it be a bummer of a goal? That's oh. the turning point for Stephen Kenny. A bummer of a goal. What do you think? Will you it get be? the rear of the year. Oh, the rear of the year is right. <laughs> he will indeed. Anyway, uh, it was a decent performance by Ireland. The keeper was marvellous. He stopped. <laughs> Look, he saved us, to be honest with you. But the end, the last 20 minutes, Ireland went for it and the crowd behind it was wonderful. And they played great football and there are some real talents in that team. And I think Stephen Kenny should have his opportunity now to complete this campaign and take us into the next European Championships with this group and let's see where it goes from there. I'm backing Stephen Kenny all the way, I have to say, on this one. But a lot aren't. Oh, there's a lot of question marks as well. But look at, given the COVID, the circumstances, what he inherited, etc. I think perhaps with time, we have to have a little bit more patience and let's see what happens. But I won't have that decision. Neither will he. Somebody will make that in the FAI when this campaign is over, you know, as to whether 
whether he gets, uh, you know what I mean, another term, and we'll see. We'll see at that stage. Louise, I want to say publicly on air, thank you for the lovely teddy bear. You're welcome. You have a new friend. I have Kelly Teddy or Teddy Kelly. Yes, <laughs> I haven't had a teddy bear since I was a tot. You know what I mean? And I had yeah, a, I felt sorry for you at the time we were talking about teddies, and I, I had mine you? in, and loads of people were sending mm. pictures, and you and had, I had none. none. I had none, but I have one now. But I think of my old fella. He was bluey grey. He had one eye, and he was in bits. But I lost him. But folks, Louise bought me the most beautiful teddy, and I just treasure it. I really do, Louise. I had some job to keep uh, Ava and Pippa uh-huh. from uh, adopting that teddy at my surprise party at home. Mm-hmm. the last evening I have to tell you but I thank you for it it's lovely and when I put it up on social media last night did you see the reaction to the teddy bear everyone loves their teddy bears don't they yeah, they, do. they do everyone loves their teddy if you haven't ever picture your teddy bear show WhatsApp it into us 086-1800-658 for the crack this afternoon have you a teddy you love WhatsApp it to us now 086-1800-658 by uh, WhatsApp or if you want to get a message to the show it's the same number or 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in will we Will, I we think goes, we will, we stay, will we stay with the teddies? I think we should. Ah, we will. We're heading, news. we're heading to news and weather now with this one. In the house right next to mine, a little boy lives there. At Christmas time, dear Santa Claus brought him a teddy bear. He loves his little teddy. He's with it all day long And the sweetest thing I've ever heard Is to hear him sing this song Me and my teddy bear Have no worries, have no cares Me and my teddy bear Just play and play all day Ah, you're so good. You really are, I have to say. I got a new teddy bear, in case you're just joining us on the show. Welcome to Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. I had a big birthday yesterday. Louise, my lovely Louise, bought me a beautiful new teddy bear. I haven't had one since I was a child. I'm calling him Teddy Kelly. Anyway, I mentioned to you earlier, if you happen to have your teddy nearby, take a snap, WhatsApp it into us. You are fabulous late lunch listeners. Here's just some of them. Angela has sent me in a picture of two teddy bears. One of them says on the teddy, Mum, love you loads. It's a beauty. And there's another beside as well. Kevin McKeever in Carlingford. Hello this afternoon. Kevin sent me a picture of Buddy, his dog, with his teddy and his gob. And he never goes to sleep, uh, Kevin says, without the teddy beside him. Ah, Big Ted Rose. He is big, isn't he, Rose? Rose says her grandchildren lie, jump and sleep on him. Liam, thank you so so much sent me a picture of Pandy a huge panda my oh my Liam what a big boy he is and Carol Lane hello Carol her daughter's first teddy she sent me a picture lovely little pink fella and listen to this the teddy will be 40 years old on Monday and Laura Carney will celebrate her 40th birthday with Ted as well happy birthday in advance Laura enjoy and your mammy loves your teddy folks if your teddy's beside you have your picture of a teddy whatsapp it into me I love them I just love them 086 1800 is the whatsapp number to get your pics of your Teds into us on late lunch this afternoon now you know I'm a big fan and I always advocate recycling reduce reuse recycle that was the campaign many years ago I'm a stickler 
for it. I separate out my, separate out my uh, metals, little metal cans, the glass separately, uh, the paper, the plastic. But in my green bin, which is collected, will be collected actually tomorrow, I put my plastic and papers in there. But I actually think I've been contaminating the whole system. And I'm going to tell you why in a moment. But anyway, joining me for a chat, we've spoken to him on f- before on Late Lunch, is the CEO of Repack, Seamus Clancy. Hello, Seamus. Hello there, Jerry, and I suppose first and foremost, happy birthday and your big birthday. <laughs> I heard you took my name in vain yesterday, by the oh, way, but there you go. Mistaken identity, well done. I was expecting you to say hello just as you did there now, and I said to myself, what is going on here? Oh, listen, Seamus, I was played tricks on from half one till half three yesterday, but anyway, that's another story. You're with me today, and thank you for uh, joining with us yesterday and being patient and uh, coming on today on the show. I do appreciate it, and thanks for the birthday wishes. But Seamus, I, 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 I'm, I'm worried. I think I've been contaminating my green bin with this plastic thing. Tell us what's happened, the subtle change now. Well, uh, I'm sure, Jerry, in your case, you haven't been contaminating it because you, of all people, would have been putting it into the bin clean, dry and loose. And mm. if you were doing that, you certainly weren't, weren't okay. contaminating. Yesterday uh, was a really a significant step change in the recycling of waste plastic packaging in Ireland. Uh, up to then, we weren't accepting soft plastics in the bin, which, in effect, is losing half of all plastics that are out there for recycling. Mm. And why that happened back in 2017 is because there was a huge level of contamination in the bin. People who were actually putting plastic in there, soft plastics, but they were leaving a huge amount of food residue. They were leaving a lot of uh, moisture and and water in it, and they, in fact, are contaminating everything else in the bin. So... What's happened in the last few years and the announcement yesterday that all plastics can no, now go in your recycling bin be, as long as they're clean, dry and loose because we want to recycle more and better is to bring about this whole confusion that has existed for the public of what I can and what I can't put into my recycling bin. Mm. And like, for instance, you know, you take the wrappers around toilet papers or you yes. take your pasta bag or you take your bread wrappers. They can all go in now. And how that has come about is because since 2017 up to today, there's been um, huge advances in the uh, separation technology that's now used in plastic recycling plants to be able to identify different polymers as they're going through because the waste industry supported by Repack have, um, you know, we're we're putting an additional 10 million a year into supporting that infrastructure development. Mm. That has happened over the last few years. Uh, we have a new, very uh, modern plant that's been built down the country. There's another one that's just got planning, and there's a few more coming on board as well. And I suppose the third area then that's been the material changes is that through EU law, um, under the Circular Economy Package and the Single-Use Plastics Directive, there is now a requirement on all producers to make sure that all plastic is fully recyclable by 2030. That's a sea change as well, because if they don't, they're going to be punished with significant uh, financial penalties in terms of fees for the the plastic they place on the market. So that, again, is bringing about a sea change in behaviour by producers. It's bringing a sea change in in place in terms of how the waste industry operates and in terms of investment in technology, because there's greater certainty. And it's also bringing about... Uh, and taking away the confusion that has existed for the consumer, because the consumer shouldn't have to step, stand yes. over a bin and say, what I can't put in, yeah. what I can't. And I suppose the message to your listeners today is, look, if you're putting plastic, all plastics, into your recycling bin, 
make sure they're clean, mm. make sure they're dry, and make sure they're loose. And from that, then, we will be able to extract to the recycling centres all that cannot be recycled. Right. And anything that still remains difficult to recycle, uh, we will extract that, and then we'll use it for uh, what we call um, solid recovery fuel and cement kilns. So instead of importing oil, we can use that instead uh, as the alternative. But that's not the ultimate solution here. The ultimate solution is we have actually created create prevention yep. uh, in the first place. There will always be necessary plastics, and let's let's not fool ourselves in saying get rid of plastics. Plastics are bad. They're not. But they need to be managed properly. Yes, and that's a real good point to make, that that's another area that must be worked upon, that just, you know, willy-nilly, everything is plastic. That has to uh, stop sooner rather than later. I want to ask you two in particular, because these come to my mind, just staying on the plastics for a moment. What about crisp packets? And uh, I take a few tablets each morning, and you know the combination of foil and plastic. Where do they go? Well, um, that is a very interesting question because the foil, the foil itself can be separated. But at this juncture, because they're medicines, they're actually treated as hazardous material. Mm. So they should be still going into your residual bin that are that for incineration. Okay. Um, sorry, the second part crisp, of that was... The crisp pack. The crisp pack, yes. The crisp pack can go into your recycling bin now. However, that will be extracted as part of the process. Those that have actually a foil inside that will be extracted and they'll go for energy recovery. Those that are now fully recyclable will be, will be separated where they'll have no plastic or no metal on the inside. Oh, sorry, no metal on the inside. Mm. And there's, there's already moves afoot. It's already happened with one crisp supplier. They now have a fully recyclable bag. Right. That's where we want to see it going. Yeah. And that's where, as I referred to earlier on, if producers don't put their goods into recyclable packaging, then they will have punitive fees to pay for doing that. Mm. And I just want to re-emphasise what you mentioned there a few moments ago. It's so important, folks, and I say this again, don't put damp or wet materials into your bins. They're an absolute no-no. And that's so important to say, the drier, the better, isn't it, Seamus? Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, as late as last week, uh, I was at a recycling plant where somebody in their wisdom decided to put their waste cooking oil into the recycling bin which not alone contaminated their own material, the whole truck. And when it went back to the recycling centre, it created huge damage. Mm, mm. So we're just, look, we're, we're actually asking for, to apply common sense in the yeah. main. Yeah. But look, the, the public as a whole has done a great job. Like we've increased plastic recycling in tonnage terms between uh, 18 and, and t- t- from 2018 to 2020 by 9%. Mm. But we also have a population increase and our consumption habits are going in one direction as well. So and a further point I want to make, as a society as a whole, I think we need to look at our consumption levels in terms of uh, managing that protection of the environment as well. Yeah, and you know, I just want to mention somebody, VW Recycling Centre, they're in County Loud. My one's just on the outskirts of Drogheda and I was speaking to the manager up there on Saturday, was up with quite a bit of stuff and, you know, he said to me, it was jammers up there with people on Saturday afternoon and he just said, the people of this area, he said, are simply wonderful. They sort things out, they manage it themselves, they saw anyone up there putting something into the wrong area, they take them on. You know what I'm talking about, Seamus? We have this ethos, it's been 
ingrained in so many of us. Yeah, well, that VW Recycling Centre is an excellent recycling yes. centre. They have a number of them around the place. Yeah. The level of can and bottle and overall recycling there is at a very high level. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that doesn't apply to everybody in every county, in every city, in every town. Yeah. We still probably have a cohort of about 30% of the population that wouldn't be what we call, you know, bought into the recycling habit. Mm. Uh, so to, to everybody who's out there, you can play a part. It doesn't matter how small it is. Yes. But it all adds up. It's little acorns, they grow to something bigger. Oh, they certainly do. Now, just uh, on a point you made there earlier on, uh, and you are so right, we have to eliminate and stop producing unnecessary packaging. That is for sure. One alarm bell rings with me, and uh, you were quoted on it in the press yesterday. 50% of soft plastics have to actually go abroad to be recycled. Should we not be doing that here? Um, ideally, yes, Jerry, absolutely. But unfortunately, we don't have the economies of scale in Ireland to do this. Like, to give you an indication, we generate just over a million tonnes of packaging, about 1.1 million, of which about 300,000 tonnes of that is plastic. Mm. Um, to actually uh, process all of that, the different types, uh, plants in Europe are now are dealing with six and 700,000 tonnes. So our pref- like at this juncture... We're, we're only recycling around 90%, 30, just over 30% of all plastics. The new, new EU target is to get 50% by 2025 and 55% by 2030. The EU recognised that they are laggards also in infrastructure development in parts of the CE package, is that Europe as a whole needed to increase infrastructure fourfold by 2024. They're well behind, and so in Ireland we're well behind. Uh, but... There is light at the end of the tunnel. This is a journey. As I referenced earlier on, there are two facilities being built at the moment and there's a few more to come. Do I, ever, do I see that we'll ever be at the point that we'll be able to recycle all the material that we have in Ireland? No, because one, the economies of scale don't exist and also the demand for that recyclable product still doesn't exist. Well, you know what? We've come a long way and as you say, there are still, say, one third of the population who haven't properly bought into this yet, but it is so important and every little uh, bit that every individual does this is the thing about this, Seamus it's the power of one, it's down to me and you and everybody listening today to play our part and if we do that, we'll make a difference Totally, and I I think it's important to recognise the huge contribution the public have made We are, in Ireland, one of the top recyclers in Europe we're up there in the top five. Sometimes on different materials, we're on the top one or two. And from a repack perspective, uh, we're, we're, we're aiming that we can be up there at number one in Europe by 2030 and sooner, if at all possible. Well, you so know like, what? You- very positive. It is very positive. You should put your name on the Irish International shirt and get Stephen Kenny's men along with yourselves to number one on the football <laughs> field. That thought has just crossed my mind. Anyway, but, that's but it. Before you go, Jerry, yeah. just one thing yeah. I'd ask all your listeners would they just log into uh, Repacks Team Green and join up? Okay. It is that Irish jersey that we're talking about that you've just mentioned. Yeah. We have 21,000 people already signed up, and our aim is to have 30,000 by the end of the year. That would bring us well on the way. Oh, great stuff. Do that, folks, for Seamus, will you? Always lovely to talk to you. Keep yeah. up the great work, Seamus. And, and happy birthday. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks indeed. Bye-bye. See you, Seamus. Bye-bye. That's Seamus Clancy there, CEO of Repack on recycling uh, soft plastics, the distinct change that's there. 
I love doing it. I really do. I separate out everything and I get a great kick out of it. I visit the recycling centres. My bins go out, as I said this evening, and that. It's so important. And I detest when I see rubbish, when I see bags dumped, when I see people who pay no attention to this. It is shameful. And again, it's important that people are educated from a young age about this. John Cougar. Hurt so good. I think he added the Melon Camp years later. Anyway, that's from his 1982 album, American Fool. It went to number two in the US charts. Big, big hit for him there. Lovely song, isn't it? Really get you hopping and bopping this afternoon. Now, just reminding you, this Saturday, it's back the Premier League. Yes, we have... Uh, Matches for you on the LMFM app or by clicking on the Listen tab on the LMFM website. First up, Crystal Palace take on Tottenham Hotspur at half past 12. At three o'clock, it's the big battle in the league this week. Oh, folks, this is the biggest game in the Premier League this coming weekend. Believe me, it's Arsenal against Norwich City. Both marooned at the bottom of the table with no points. It's a nine-pointer this Saturday for both. Anyway, that one's at three o'clock. Chelsea take on Aston Villa then at half past five. And remember, Premier League live with now your sport on your terms. Stream only the games that matter to you most with now. And remember, again, you can listen here on our app. Download that app, that LMFM app, and you can bring us with you wherever you go in the world or LMFM.ie. Some big games there coming this weekend. Hello, Louise. Hello, Jerry. Oh, you're there. You're there. I'm just checking. Just checking. That everything's okay. Um, what was I to say to you? Um, the golf. Uh, oh, sorry, no, I I'm not going to mention sporty. But anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> this, sorry, I'm, I'm really sorry. Well, we have a big home, homecoming in Cavan this evening. Oh well, yes, and the big announcement today: Portrush, Portrush, the. Open, or the British Open, some people call it. The Open Championship is coming back to Port Rush in 2025. Lovely, Larry, isn't it? Oh, it's beautiful. And the reason I want to say it, I'm sort of blowing my own coal here, if you don't mind for a moment. <laughs> but I played Port Rush when I was <laughs> off on holidays there in July. I played the Open course. Well, not off the very back tees, but I'll tell you one thing. I know why that course is an Open Championship. Louise, honest to God, what a golf course. Probably one of the best I ever played in my life, Port really? Ah, from start to finish, the professionalism, the way you received there, looked after going round, the whole thing about it, but the course, my God, the challenge that it is and the way it's appointed there and everything. So there you are, it's back in Port oh, When you said played, is that in inverted commas or are you oh, no, good I, at golf? Oh, listen, I can, <laughs> I can, I can, excuse me, you, I can knock a ball around. I More indeed. than I can do. <laughs> yes, the only thing, the day I was up there, I saw old back. I got it sorted out since and I'm grand with it. But uh, what a day we had up there. It was rolling, Remember I was off the the, the mm. week. It was scorching had that gorgeous week. week. Oh my God, it was just something else there. But Shane Lowry, of course, winning there last time he was played there and back in Portrush. It won't be long now, 2025 when you think about it. You know, it's only four years away, three and a bit at this stage. So there you go. Well done to Portrush and uh, what an honour it is again to stage the Open Championship. Uh, anyway, Louise, um, you know I take an interest in British politics. I've mm-hmm. mentioned it here before. Yes. I do, I do follow it. But something else came to my mind. Do you know that Boris, you know the fellow Boris, do you know that fellow? Yeah. Prime Minister of uh, <gasps> the United Kingdom. Um, do you know he's announced a new tax? Did you hear this? There's a big, oh, there's a big kerfuffle in the UK. He announced this social care tax of 1.25%. Now, 1.25%, Louise, on everybody. Even if you only earn a small amount of money, everybody has to pay this, Right. To fund, listen to this, 
the NHS, you know, the, the National Health, Health Service, Care, yeah. like our HSE, mm-hmm. and social care as well. And I was just wondering, Louise, and I'd like to ask Mr. Boris this. Do you remember his bus? Do you remember the big <laughs> bus he, he, he produced for the run into the Brexit vote? And it said on the side of the bus, 355 million a week would go into the NHS rather than going to the EU. Yeah. Do you understand? Mm. Well, that was 300 and what? 350 million a week. Million, yeah. A week. From a week. the tax that he was going to propose, yeah, but I, didn't tell anyone. No, no, no. <laughs> now, you're giving him a little bit of kudos here. <laughs> I, I just think, my God almighty, here he is again. Has the man any credibility left? So, where's that 350 million a week on the bus bars? Where's the bus gone with all that on the side of it? 350 million a week you were supposed to save coming out of the EU and put it into the NHS. Yet you tax people. And the other thing, the Tories, Louise, said they'd never raise taxes. Can you believe a word out of the left or right of his mouth? I'm sure. Are the British people stupid? Are they really stupid people? Do you not think about these things and consider them? The lies you're being spun all of the time. Now, listen, I'm not saying it's peculiar to Britain or Mm. the UK. We have... uh, Boys here could have a good, and girls would have a good shot at it too. You know what I mean, Louise? Absolutely. Saying one thing and doing the Look other. Look at any of the headlines. But anyway, where is Boris's bus, I asked this afternoon? Where is the £350 million a week he was to save by pulling out of the EU? Where has that gone? Where has it gone? I think the bus must be parked up somewhere in the backyard with a big tarpaulin over it, covered and never to be seen again. What do you think? A great title, though, isn't it? Boris's bus. Boris's bus. Great cartoon My title. Uh, well, he's very apt as a cartoon <laughs> character with his hair and, and the way he goes on. But could you believe a word out of the man's mouth? Could you? Could you really honestly believe a word out of him? Anyway, I leave it with you, great citizens of the United Kingdom. You should be considering this. You really should indeed. Anyway, Late Lunch LMFM Radio. We're heading to our next break on the show and afterwards. We're going to have a chat with a wonderful young lady. Her name is Aisha Jalali. She's a Leaving Cert student and it's been a big few days for this young woman. Stay with us on the show. Lovely to hear from you, Connell McBride in Fort William in Scotland. One of our regular listeners to Late Lunch every afternoon. He sent me a lovely picture of a Piper Teddy that's behind the bar in his local. Thanks for the birthday wishes again, Connell. Lovely to hear from you. And I love your Teddy. He's there every time you go for an old pint. Well done to you. Here's another one's coming to me from Anne. Uh, sorry, from uh, Catherine in Mornington. It's her collie dog, Opera, with a number of teddies that she loves. Oh my word, that's a lovely picture. Thanks for sending it to us. And Catherine in Mornington wants to send good wishes to her sister Anne in Navin. You know who you are today. And come on Norwich, says another listener. How dare you? Come on Norwich. Anyway, I wouldn't be surprised at the bet the gunners, to be honest with you, the way things are going. And he said, that Boris bus, Jerry, it's parked in the bus depot at the moment. Thanks for letting me know that one. Anyway, we move on on the show. And what a year it's been again for Leaving Cert students. It's not been easy. There's been a lot of remote learning. And you do know that since last summer, the summer of 2020, we've been in touch with Aisha Jalali, a Leaving Cert student at Dundalk Grammar. And we've touched base with her through the year on the milestones of Leaving Cert year. And she's back with us today with results in hand and a CAO offer. Aisha, hello. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Well, I get a smile from ear to ear in those words. Would I be right? I think you might be right there. <laughs> ah, well, give us the news. How did the points go for you first in the exams? 
Uh, points went perfect for me. I got around 580 points, which is more than what Ooh. I needed for um, <laughs> for my first choice um, in the CAO, which was architecture and UCD. Lovely. Oh, I always knew you were a clever clogs from the first time I met you. <laughs> and the numbers bear that out as well. So you got the CAO delivered you your number one offer. You put that down. Architecture, was it? Architecture, yeah. Okay, but there's a, there's a, I, I feel there's another sentence coming, is there? <laughs> there is. Um, I also went through the UCAS applications this year to apply for Cambridge University in the UK. Um, and I actually did get my offer back in December. And now that offer has finally come to fruition with the results I needed. So my place was confirmed on Monday afternoon. <laughs> Ah, oh, congratulations to you. I'm absolutely thrilled for you. So I take it you're taking up the Cambridge offer. I am, yeah. Um, I'm going over there. Good yeah. on you. And what are you going to study over there? Um, It's this course in English, Drama and the Arts and Education. Oh, you love it. You're made for the I stage. Will. We know I this will. already. <laughs> Being an, a, an amateur performer in the Dreyhead Arts Centre and your love, the love you have for that. So here you are with an avenue to life and exactly. this included as well. Is It must be a dream come true for you. It really is. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, Jerry. Like, I got my offer back in December. That itself was an amazing accomplishment and I was like absolutely stars in my eyes. But to tell the truth, it hasn't really felt like real life the last few months. I mean, mm. you know, study for the leaving certain you're sort of thinking, yeah, OK, yeah, I'll, I'll study for That's absolutely what I'll do. But you're in your mind, you're not really thinking like it's going to happen. Mm. Not that I was even thinking directly, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get it. It just didn't sort of like click that it was real life until... Yeah. about um, quarter to two yesterday and I was like oh wait I'm, this is a physical thing that's happening to me I'm actually going there Oh my oh my isn't that great because the, the, the truth is you may get the offer which is fantastic but you've got to get the points too to match before that mm-hmm. is confirmed and that's the big pressure of course uh, to get those Exactly Well 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 young lady we'll have a Cambridge graduate that sounds really posh doesn't it <laughs> It does Oh I've seen, they all wear the gowns over there. Everyone's kind of making jokes to me. It's exactly like Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it is what it is. Look at the traditions. You're going to a wonderful educational institution. You only got confirmation. Yes, I suppose now the arrangements have to be made of, or is is accommodation part of the offer as well? Um, It's not part of the offer. It's something you need to apply for separately. There's been just a whole other list of things to do with UCAS involved. But the good thing is they've already actually been done. You know, I've already applied for a student bank account there and accommodations all sorted. I just need to actually bring a receipt to them that says, hey, I've paid for this. Can I please have a bed? You know, yes. So it's all actually already done. Which kind of now, when I think about it, thank God I flipping got it because that would have been a lot of work wasted otherwise just in the pure bureaucracy of it. Yeah, but look, it's all come together now and that's fantastic news. I say again, I, I am delighted for you. So when, you. Do you, when do you head off? Um, I'm heading off on the 29th of September. It starts a little bit later over there, just kind of the start of October. So I'll be going over sort of at the end of this month, really. Mm. And... Uh, how long is the course? Um, the course, the terms are very convenient. Like it's only eight weeks kind of a term and then I come home for a long holiday. The course itself is about three years mm. just with the degree that 
you know, I'm doing. Mm. So I, you know, that's pretty nice in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, and it'll be nice. You'll be able to, you know, you're over there, give it your all, and then you have time back here as well. So you'll be able uh, to marry both. Um, Going over there, it's a great achievement as well, and you're going to make new friends and open up a new world. Do you think at the start of this, or do you ever have in your mind where this is going to lead you to ultimately, or, or do you have a vision for that? I don't have a specific vision, to be honest. I'm happy to say I don't think anyone my age really does. But I, you know, I have a few things in mind, journalist courses, author writing, you know, just joining some of the actor uh, acting troops over there, like the Samuel Beckett Theatre, just sort of a rough idea of what I'd like to be doing. Mm. It opens many possibilities. And I said that the day the results came out, Aisha. The results are a day in time. They're a pointer. They're a marker for everybody. But what goes mm-hmm. beyond, you know, is the world is your oyster, really. It, you don't know where this will ever leave, lead you. You know what I'm saying? And that's the world of today. That's it. That's the uncertainty. It's part of it. Exactly. Very true. Mm. And, and nothing to be worried about or scared of. It's just the way the world works. Years ago, and when I think of myself, I got a civil service job and sure my folks were delighted at the time, you know, that you had a permanent vegetable job. And sure, I never stayed in it either. I moved on through my lifetime as well. And God knows, look where I am now. Whoever thought I would end up here? Look, I wish you all the best with that. Now, when you reflect on your time, you know, through primary, secondary school, finishing out at Leaving Cert as well, do you feel that, you know, the Irish education system, despite COVID and all the challenges it's brought, has served you well? I think so. Like with the year group I was in, I think so, definitely. And I'd just like to say a big thank you to all the teachers who actually kind of worked hard to navigate this bloody situation so well. You know, I mean, I know we had last year to sort of learn from, but it's not really the same thing when you put it into perspective. And I feel really glad for all the the people who are going to be doing their Leaving Cert next year, because at least, you know, it's a bit familiar. We've kind of been your guinea pigs, so... You can kind of actually look at past papers and understand what you're doing. But certainly, like, I no way would I have been able to do this without the teachers sort of improvising, coming together, discussing. And as well, I think it's just bloody amazing that we were able to both have the accredited grade system and the choice to do our written exam. I don't think anyone else has actually, I don't think any other country actually decided to do that. So that's like big um, independent thinking and it certainly paid off for a lot of people I know, including myself. So I'd just like to say thank you for that. Ah, well said. Lovely words and credit due where it's due for sure. That uh, amalgam of the final exam and the assessment, you're obviously a firm believer in, in that now. It's the way to go from what you've said to me there. You firmly believe that. Exactly. I mean, I was saying to you as decision that would be an absolute dream come true I was terrified of the idea of just having the written or just having accredited it's nice to kind of have best of both worlds mm. No, that's good to hear and, and it is it's, it's breaking new ground and well done to all concerned there did you celebrate? Oh of course I did <laughs> Did you go mad? Um, did you go mad? I went out. We we went, we were civil. We were all right, Jerry. We were okay. <laughs> My friends and I went out on Friday, just the evening of the results, which um, I think one of the first few times I ever spoke to you, I couldn't really imagine ever kind of having to get to go out again. So mm. I think that was sort of a nice 360. 
Mm, absolutely. So look at uh, as well as that, uh, and you mentioned about uh, the challenge it's been, and all have come through with wonderful grades and have their choices, and others uh, changing their minds and things like that as well. You know, for you this year, going on to third level, think of all those, and, and I'm sure you know some of them, who went to third level a year ago and never, ever got to college or saw anybody. It's, it's tough, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's very, very tough. I mean, especially if you were planning on going abroad, you know, like that's a whole other life that you're kind of bracing yourself for because you don't know anyone in the college, obviously, but you don't know anyone in the country either. Mm. So like having to go on the Zoom calls, I know kind of cyberbullying went up a lot, which is mad to think when you're in third level, your first year, you know, you don't actually get to know anyone in your class because you can't see them physically. It's not like you can really chat in a Zoom call. So it's definitely such sympathy to that. And I'm really glad that we can kind of move forward with the vaccinations this year. Mm. And it's great that those students, please God, this year into second year will at last meet their colleagues and experience college, which mm-hmm. everybody should do. Uh, on the vaccine, just as you mentioned it there, um, I've been talking about it regularly since last March, of course, the whole pandemic and etc. and vaccinations. There's been a fantastic take up in your age category. I think so. Yeah. As I said to you, I think one of the times we were chatting, everyone my age is thrilled to be getting the vaccinations. I think the age group that's slightly above us is a bit sceptical because of fertility questions. And I think that's absolutely understandable. Mm. But I think for us, that seems a bit farther in the future. We just want to be able to be in close contact with people we know and love again. We just want to be able to see people go out with friends, as I said. And I think that's why it's been so, so popular. Get back in the room for activities, get to pick up our hobbies again. It's just the vaccine has absolutely provided that life that we thought we'd lost last year. Mm. The hobbies you mentioned, and of course, you love Drehid and you're involved with the group there. Have you been back together or will you get a chance to before you wing it away to Cambridge at the end of September? (laughs) Oh, you ask the question every time, Jerry, and I'm so sorry to say I don't think that'll be happening, at least not before I go away. I know, but um, projects are kind of in discussion. I think, as I said, Mm. my convenient holidays with the terms over here, I'll be able to kind of come back one of the days. And I think it's looking like we might be doing a play which I'll actually be able to get back in the room for to help out. So I am looking forward to that. Yeah, good, 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 Anya. And we wish everybody well in the arts with the reopening. And I can't wait myself to get back to live theatre and shows because I mm. I, I just love them. And, and, and they've been a big loss in, in my life personally as well si- since the lockdown. So here you are, young lady. You have your wings. You're on your way. You're Cambridge bound. But I'm going to keep in touch with you if that's OK. Oh, of course, I would expect no less. (laughs) (laughs) A good woman yourself. You're a star. Congratulations to you, Aisha, and all your friends who uh, got their offers in the last 24 hours. We wish everybody all the best going forward with their studies and whatever else you decide to do in your life. But for the moment, Mm -hmm. Aisha Jalali, thank you so much. Thank you, Jerry. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's a lovely young woman there, Dundalk Grammar School student. And by God, she's done so well. She's heading for Cambridge, hasn't she? And we wish her all the very best. I say that again. Late lunch, LMFM radio, still to come on the show. You know, ABBA are my artist of the week. I've picked a very favourite song of ABBA's of mine today. And I'll tell you more about them, of course. And a pain in the foot. Mm. We're talking about a pain in the foot. Stay with us. I'll tell you more in a few minutes. 
Thank you, Johnny. WhatsApp me in a lovely little picture of a sunflower this afternoon to brighten my day. Thanks indeed, John. Ella, lovely to hear from you. She says, Jerry, Boris knows nothing. I'm a Polish person living and working in this country and the Polish government wanted to double tax on people who worked abroad. Uh, she says, I pay my taxes in full here. This would be absolutely ridiculous. I hope it never passes. Wouldn't that be a joke, really, to do that? It really would. Be shocking. Not on, not on, not on, Ella, for sure. Louise, you have news of a, a Navin celebrity making waves. I have. Well, she's always been making waves, yeah. Jerry, but I don't think anybody kind of associates her with Navin. Mm. But it's Kate Walsh. She's a Hollywood star and she was in uh, Grey's Anatomy. Yep. Dr. Montgomery, I think her name was. Mm. And she, I think she left Grey's Anatomy around 2007, if I'm probably wrong on that, but to start her own kind of offshoot programme in peak practice. And she is heading back to Grey's Anatomy. So if there's any fans out there, she's on her way back. Um, And her dad, she was born in America, but her dad is an immigrant from Academy Street, I think, in County Mead. So she has been uh, back a couple of times over the years. Yes. and so she has relatives still there. Okay, I know. Well done to her. So yeah. she's back with Grey's Anatomy. Watch this space if you're a Grey's fan. Uh, local link there for the sure. Local done good. Anyway, Louise, one, four, seven, nine, sixteen, thirty-two. I want those six numbers <laughs> up tonight. Let me say them again. One, four, seven, nine. 1632. Come to me, baby. Come to me, baby. No, 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 no. The lottery jackpot. 15 million plus, I think, tonight at least. I'm trying to draw the world into me. Do you know the way you. That's only bullshit, to be honest with you. It'll never happen. But anyway, I'm doing my best. Positive thinking. Positive. Glass half full, as Luke O'Neill said to me, top of the show. But the. Always. Do you ever think of the numbers coming up and you with that yeah. amount of money? Did you see a woman recently? I think she was in Fermanagh or in Northern Ireland yeah. anyway. Did you see that? Didn't do her too she good, did it? She won a huge money and it she did her no it. good. And she yeah. rude and she died last week. She was found dead in her home, so she was. I'll tell you one thing, Louise Walsh. Mm. I wouldn't rue it. I wouldn't rue it. I'll tell you, Even baby. Even that large amount, like. Ah, Louise. Because it would get out. Listen, start spreading the news. I tell everybody. And I I have the plans in my head. I know what I do. I know who I'd help. I know, I wouldn't listen. 16 million. See that 16 million? Yeah. I wouldn't be holding on to that 16 million. I'd be spreading that out, helping as many people as I could. I'd look after pay me debts and pay my family's immediate debts, give them a few pounds to look after them, but 16 million plenty to look after everybody. And I'd give you, see for that, te- that teddy bear's worth a million. Do you know that? <laughs> that teddy bear's worth a million to you, Louise Walsh. One, I hope you win it, Jerry. Hope you four, win it. Four, <laughs> seven, nine, sixteen, thirty-two. If anybody else see, does ev- those numbers, I'm going to go mad. Don't I was going do those to say numbers. that everyone else is taking it down now. Don't so do you could be sharing numbers. it with the hundred oh, people. Don't, don't do those numbers. Just make a change here or there. Leave them <laughs> numbers with me, please. Just leave those numbers with me. Let me win. Please, please. But anyway, I would seriously, Louise. I'd spread the love I'd spread the What's the, the one luxury thing you treat yourself to? Something really the stupid The one luxury thing I'd treat myself to I'll tell you what I, I would buy I'd buy a lovely boat and engine right for my fishing right mm-hmm. and I would buy I'd buy a little holiday home in the west of Ireland uh, beside one of the lakes they would be my 
you know, my treats for myself. So it would. I'd buy a little home over there and a lovely boat and engine, and that would be my. Li- that's all mm. I'd want. Out of it. I don't want anything else. And I, of course, have money. I'd travel around the world and enjoy things like that. But anyway, I will look after you. One four seven nine sixteen thirty two. If you dare do those numbers, <laughs> I'll never talk to you again. I promise you. Anyway, we're heading towards news, weather, and sport at three in the company of Ed Sheeran and Beyonce. You'd be perfect with me. I found a love for me. Darling, just dive right in Follow my lead Just listening to Michael there again mentioning the Open Championship golf coming back to Port Rush. Did you know that the Open Championship can be played anywhere, really? It doesn't have to be played in the UK, Great Britain. It can be played here in the Republic of Ireland, in another country if they so wish as well. And uh, I hear that Port Marnock, Port Marnock golf links, are actively under consideration to host the Open Championship. There you are. There's been preliminary talks and uh, examination of the place going on. So don't be surprised someday in the future that the Open Championship is played in Port Marnock. Watch this space. Thanks to Helen Colgan, who's been in touch with us. Jerry, thank you for the numbers. <laughs> I hope that the winning numbers, Helen... Shh, don't tell anybody. Keep those numbers to yourself, Helen. Anyway, good luck to everybody. Get a lotto ticket done tonight. It could be you. It is ABBA, my Artist of the Week this week. And let me tell you that it was the relationships between Agnetha and Bjorn, who married in 1971, and Anna Fried and Benny, who tied the knot in 1978. They actually lived together from 1969 that brought ABBA together. It was their relationships that really made the group, underpinned it. And... These relationships, with their highs and lows, were the reason for the wonderful creativity in their lyrics and music. But ultimately, as the marriages failed, so too would ABBA. But that's for another day. Let's go back to 78. ABBA were the biggest band in the world. And they toured extensively that whole year. In January 79, they performed Chikatita at the UN General Assembly in New York City to celebrate UNICEF's Year of the Child. And listen to this. They donated the copyright and all the proceeds from that song to UNICEF. And what a song it was. The single was released immediately after the concert finished and made it to number one in 10 countries and became one of the best-selling songs of all time. It would also be the lead single from their sixth studio album, Voulez-Vous, which came out in April 79. I Have a Dream, Angel Eyes, Does Your Mother Know and Voulez-Vous itself all made the top five in singles charts around the world. More sellout tours followed into 1980 with Winner Takes It All becoming their eighth UK number one. A song about Agnathan Bjorn's divorce which led to rising tensions which I'll tell you more about tomorrow. Today it's back to Voulez-Vous and the song ABBA Gave Away. Abba, Chikatita, I love that song. Ah, they're just fantastic, aren't they? What does Chikatita mean? Well, it's an endearing Spanish term for a woman, meaning little one. And we dedicate that one to all the ladies listening to Late Lunch this afternoon. And we'll have more from Abba in words and song round about this time tomorrow afternoon. Now, have you a pain in your foot? Have you a pain under the heel of your foot? 
Lots of people do. It's called plantar fasciitis. And it's a serious thing if you have it. But it can be dealt with. It can be managed. Next on the show, I'm joined by Paddy Mulligan. He's a physiotherapist and he's going to sort out that pain in your foot. I'll throw something at you this afternoon. Anybody out there feeling pain under the heel of the foot, either foot? Well, if you are, you could be suffering from plantar fasciitis. I've experienced it myself and I'm dealing with it at the moment. It's not nice. It can be really severe. But the good news is there are means and ways of managing this and the pain will go. I'm joined on the show by physiotherapist Paddy Mulligan from Compass Physio in Enfield and Kilcock. Thank you, Paddy, for joining me on the show today. This is an extensive problem, Paddy. You encounter it frequently, I take it, in your practice. Yeah, look, it's, it's a tricky one, Jerry. Uh, plantar fasciitis, look, it's a common thing. I think um, we reckon about 10% of runners get it and even up to about 10% of you know people out and about walking get it. And it's a, it's a pain normally at the heel, uh, the heel at the bottom of your foot. Uh, you get it, uh, you know, it can come on gradually. Maybe you get it, you know, you feel it first thing in the morning when you go to get up and it's, it's really uncomfortable. You have to walk on the toes. Um, and as you know, Jerry, from, from having been through it, it can take a while to uh, to get rid of. What causes this and can it come on at any age or is it an aspect of ageing? There's multiple things. You know, if we were to look at kind of our top list of things that we see and reasons that uh, people running, a change in activity. You know, if you increase your running, perhaps, if you increase your activity, maybe you're out and about walking the roads, footwear, Jerry, footwear is a big one. So decent footwear. We see people now who those old habits of, you know, you go to the front door, you slip your foot into your shoe, you don't bother with tying the laces uh, and the shoes are a little bit uh, a little bit loose and they're slipping around, um, the feet are slipping around the shoes. That's a big one. We know we need to up the, upgrade our footwear every so often. Some people, we have those runners that we don't want to let go of and we have them there for years and years. That's another big one. Other little things we see, Jerry, is our foot position. So, you know, people who have a little bit what we call flat feet, they can be a little bit more predisposed to having problems with plantar fasciosis or fasciitis. And the big one that, that we look at, Jerry, as physiotherapists is the muscles get tight. The muscles get tight around the calf or the Achilles or sometimes the muscles aren't strong enough. And they're, they're the most common things we see that, that lead to uh, lead to this problem. And it can, can come on at, look, it, it can come on at any age, to be honest with you. We see kids right from six, seven, eight years of age, believe it or not, with this problem right the way up until, until, we, uh, until we're in our 60s, 70s and 80s. So if you feel that pain under the heel of your foot and it's sharp and it's consistent, you know you have plantar yeah. fasciitis. Now, when you rehab it, what's the best attack, mode of attack to try and alleviate this pain? Or can you get rid of it altogether? You can, Jerry, but I'll be honest, uh, good things come to come to those who wait. And what I always say to people coming to us in clinic is that it doesn't just appear. This tends to come on gradually. So it can come on over the course of a few weeks or months and it might be building before you ever get the pain and then boom, the pain arrives. It's very manageable. So well over 90% of people who get this problem manage it and get rid of it without having to have any x-rays or scans or injections or surgery, nothing like that. But it takes time, okay? This is the bad news, Jerry. I know you've been through it. Mm. The evidence would say it takes about 12 weeks of doing your exercise and doing the right things to really make a change because it, it's come on over time, so it takes time to get it right. The first thing is we need to figure out what's the main cause. So we can get in there and you might see someone who wants to dig in around the foot and the heel, but we need to figure out why did it happen. So that's normally where a good therapist will chat you through and go, okay, have you increased your mileage walking or running? Have you got the right footwear? 
So that's the first thing we'll do. And then from a treatment point of view, we'll look at the muscles. We'll look at if muscles are tight. So you might find, Jerry, that maybe your calf muscles were a bit tight or the muscles on the inside of your foot were a bit tight. Maybe even the sole of your foot were a bit tight. We'd, we'd free them up and then we'd give you some stretches which is great, but then we need to make them strong so that you are more resilient and you're able to get back to your walk and you're not able to, you know, you're not, you're able to get back doing what you need to do. So we give you a set of exercises that you can do that will, um, that you have to do consistently. The challenge we have with plantar uh, heel problems is that after three or four weeks, people can start to feel better and then we stop doing the exercise. We've all done it. Yeah. But the evidence will say if you keep going and it can take up 12 weeks, that's when we can really get a handle on this and not have to worry about it again. If I'm running, if I'm jogging, if I'm walking, do I need yeah. to rest for the 12 weeks or can I incorporate these exercises into my fitness or exercise oh, regime? Look, activity, motion is lotion, as we said before on the show, Jerry. Let's keep, let's keep moving. The key is how you feel first thing in the morning and after you've exercised or done your walking. We use a threshold. We call it um, a pain threshold. So we say around about three out of ten, which is an ache, you know, a, a dull ache. Anything more than that, we shouldn't push through. But we need to, we need to stay active. So yeah, stay active, keep walking. We can run, but the key is how the body has reacted to it. But we have to keep doing our exercise alongside it. And um, there's other things, Jerry. I know we, we touched on that. You can do sometimes in, in, in cases that are a little bit more sticky. Um, you can look at something like orthotics or insoles in your shoes. This is where people who maybe have had feet that they feel have become a little bit flatter. And we can get those inserts. We can design inserts that you put into your shoes that help to take the pressure off the arch. So sometimes people say they come in and go, I feel like my arches have collapsed or fallen. When that happens, it puts extra pressure on the heel. Uh, and sometimes we can put little inserts into the, the, the shoes that will help to take the pressure off that. So th- there's lots of things that we can do. It just, um, it, this is one that takes a bit of patience. There's no quick, quick fixes with this one, Jerry. Now I'm wearing the heel inserts. They're not the full yeah. extent of the shoe, yet my wife, who has a similar condition to mine, oh. and it is getting better, she has the full insert. Is there a difference? Oh, there is, there is, yeah. So think of it as in um, the one on the heel, they tend to be jelly-like and they can be a little bit squishy. So what happens is it takes a little bit of pressure. So it changes the angle of the of the foot. So it means there isn't as much of a pull on the heel. And it's a kind of a, it's a stopgap, Jerry. It takes the pressure off. It allows you to keep moving. And to be honest, we often encourage that first rather than jumping straight in. So it, it, it can be in the acute stage if it's the first time you've had it and you want to just try the exercises. If the problem's persisted and it's something that is recurrent, often then we would move on to the full orthotics. What I say to people is that if you commit to the orthotics and you have the insoles in your shoes, you kind of have to wear them in all your shoes. So if you're, I don't know, you're out and about in the farm, you have to put them in your wellies, you have to put them in your boots and your shoes because if you're wearing them for half the day and you have a lovely supported arch and your feet are you know, in a good position and then you take them off and you're walking around the house in barefoot or you're out and about without them in, the, the, the foot can't figure out what to do. So that's when you end up in more pain. So the little heel cups for the early stages when they're a bit inflamed and you want to get on top of it, the insert is where we're going, okay, I want to manage this long term. And it, it is a commitment that often when people have the heel, the, the full inserts, they, they end up wearing them for life then. We say to people, if you can see a therapist, or, you know, your physio, wherever it might be, in the first six weeks, get it checked out, get a diagnosis and get a management pathway we often can turn these around really quickly and, and, and you know, people are back running and doing what they need to do very quickly. If you leave it and somebody comes in six months down the line, 
totally different animal altogether and much trickier. So if you have got an issue around the heel, it's been there more than a couple of weeks. You, you, you backed off your walk and your train and still there. Go and get it checked out. Thanks, Paddy. Cheers, Terry. Thank you. Yeah, great advice there from physio Paddy Mulligan. It is an extensive problem, but it can be dealt with. Eddie Caffrey is getting ready to bring you the drive next. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. My final word to you today is don't do those numbers. Those numbers are mine. I want to win on my own tonight. No sharing, please, but I will look after you, I promise. Anyway, come back. Join us for a brand new Late Lunch tomorrow, Thursday at 1.30. See you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Drada Dundalk and Gavin. Let Blackstone Motors find the perfect car for you. With over 300 cars to choose from, we have the biggest selection of pre-owned cars in Drada Dundalk and Gavin. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie for more details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.